This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello and welcome again to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I've got with me today Chris Ducker, who is one of only three people, I believe, who has been invited back twice. So well done and congratulations, Chris. I did actually say to Chris as we hopped on a call, do you actually remember that you came on my show a few years ago? And he did kind of remember. He did, yeah. And what he didn't know at the time was that I was evaluating, I often use my podcast in all sorts of different ways. And this particular interview was Chris, because I was looking for someone to, I would want to join a mastermind with someone who had more established business than me. And it actually took me a little while because sometimes things don't happen immediately. But I recently joined Chris's Roundtable Mastermind and at Chris has decided to jump on today and we're going to have a bit of a conversation around the one day event that Chris has just held. Uh, It was last week? Yeah, just last week, last Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris's business, if those of you listening aren't familiar with his work, he is all, his brand is Youpreneur, which is all about building personal brands. And I didn't actually realize this, but your kind of tagline is we're helping midlife mentors. Mm. And I hadn't really realized, and I guess I do fall into that category as well, even though I think I'm about 12 sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, spending a day and a half with you last week, I can back that claim up entirely. Yeah. Just so all of you listeners know, she was very squarely in the middle of what was formerly known on the day of the event as the naughty table. The naughty table. I um, often am at events. I'm very serious and I like to learn, but the way I learn is by throwing myself into the environment. It was was great. Yeah, Yeah, it was was great. So we went to, Chris was hosting a, a day, instead of his big Youpreneur event, which Chris had developed an amazing reputation for, and COVID just made that a little bit trickier, I think still. Chris was hosting a one-day business breakthrough event and very kindly invited myself and uh, some of the other members of the roundtable along for dinner. We had a very lovely dinner. And then the next day was the, the, the big event. And goodness, there's so much power in stepping away from your own business, meeting people in person. I've worked, Chris and I have been working together for about six months or so now. Yep. feel like we're yep. buddies now, right? Because it's yeah, different. Absolutely. Like you say, it's different if you hug somebody. Yeah. And even though I felt like I was too busy to come, there's something really special about, because I always am, I'm so busy at the moment, but stepping away from your business and having someone guide you through a process of looking at your business is really powerful. So I'd love for you to share, Chris, what your intention was for running that business breakthrough, what you wanted people to experience and why you think this really matters. Well, I th- okay. So the first thing was quite selfishly, I just missed being around people. I missed being around other entrepreneurs. As you alluded to, I mean, we ran the Youpreneur Summit Conference in London uh, three Novembers in a row, 2017, 18, 19. We sold out every single year. It was a great. And then the pandemic hit. So, you know, we kind of put it on pause for 2020. And then 2020. It's like the whole world was on pause. Yeah, well, exactly, right? We didn't know what was going on, really. No, nobody knew what was going to happen. And so 2021 came around and it was like, okay, well, we still can't do it. And then going into 2022, 
from a business perspective, we need to make a call. We needed to call it. And, you know, we, we actually ran some numbers. As you know, I often say that the numbers never lie. Uh, I'm a big data person, a big mm. number person when it comes to building and scaling businesses. And honestly, it just wasn't worth it. It, it wasn't worth the risk of mm. putting the event on this year, knowing what we would have to sell ticket-wise in order to break even and then obviously make a profit. We've always made profits in our events. We've never lost money or broken even for that matter. And when actually, when I crunched the numbers, Anna, it was very clear to me that actually the event itself only, only brought in about 10 to 15% of our annual revenue. Mm. So everything else that we would make by putting the event on were sort of what we call after sales. Yeah. Um, are they attributed to the event running? Possibly, maybe. But also we know that there's a lot of different touch points in the way that mm. we work with our clients throughout the course of the year and our prospects and how we nurture our qualified prospects and things like that, that we figured that it wouldn't really be a, be a big issue if we just decided to put the event to sleep, which is what we did. Mm. But with one day business breakthrough, I missed people. You know, I'm an extrovert. I, I like to hang out with people. I like to teach people. I like to motivate people. And so when I look back over almost 20 years of building businesses myself, I know full well that the beginning of the summer period can create and provide to a certain degree a real lull in people's yeah, motivation. For sure, for sure. You know, a real kind of, they take their mind and their, their eyes off their business. Everyone's and, already and really on rightfully holiday. So. Everyone's yeah. already on holiday. And actually, right, to a certain exactly. extent, I'm, I'm almost there as well. But mm. I have a business that I cannot drop the ball on completely. Right. So having that opportunity to step out and go, well, what actually needs to happen if we are going to grow? Is if I'm not going to really push over the summer, am I ready to take the hit in the business that that will yep. happen as a consequence of that? And that was the reason why we did. That was the real reason why we did the event. Like, this is the perfect time. It's it's the messy middle part of the year, yeah. As my good friend Michael Hyatt would say, he he likes his messy middle. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, it, it, it's true. Like you know, we need to be able to take time to work on our businesses properly and genuinely spend time looking at the things that truly matter. Uh, and I'll tell you what doesn't matter. The number of people following you on Instagram, that doesn't matter. What also doesn't matter is how cool your social media images look inside a Canva. That doesn't matter either. And neither does spying on competitors or you know, going through and rebuilding email funnels. Like None of that stuff really matters at this point in the year, as far as I'm concerned, in my humble opinion, more so been getting a little down and dirty and rolling up your sleeves and looking at what really is going on. And that's the reason why we put the event on. And we did it with the, as you well know, with the mindset of, well, okay, what's happened in the last six months? Mm -hmm. It's a pretty short period of time. Most people can kind of remember what's been going on so far this year. But more importantly, where do you want to be in six months time from now at the end of the year? So it's the perfect time to run this kind of mm -hmm. event. And so we just put together, quite frankly, a whole bunch of questions that we asked ourselves around this time every year. And also at the end of each year as well, we do basically yeah. the same thing ourselves as a company. And there are things like, you know, has our customer avatar changed at all? Yes. Have we pivoted yeah. our business model at all? Where is the bulk of our website traffic coming? Where are the majority of our, you know, our, our subscribers, our followers, mm. our listeners coming from. Do we have gaps in our ecosystem and and suite of products and services and experiences? And if we do, 
have a gap or two, do we even need to fill them? Are they okay to just carry on living there? Or is there a need that's being pulled from our customers that we need to kind of, you know, react to in some manner? Yeah. And so that was really the reason why we kind of put it together. And that's why, you know, the first part of the day is called discovery and diagnosis audit. Big, and I think, this is, I think it's really yeah. important to do this because when you're busy running your own business, whether you're on your own or you have a team, even if the team is remote, sometimes you can feel like you're the only business owner who's feeling like they're wading through treacle, that things have got a little bit hard. And actually, there's so much power in writing down for yourself actually what those struggles are and going further than that, articulating what you already know you need to do about it. Because we know we often have the solutions within us and it's just having that moment to reflect and pause. So there were a few things that I really took away from. And what I liked about it is that you were not, we were not only looking at struggles as an entrepreneur, the figures, the numbers. And what really struck me as a more experienced entrepreneur than a lot of people in the room, people's lack of awareness around numbers. And if you don't know your numbers, and I don't know everything, but if you don't know your numbers at all, how can you know if you're growing or if you're not even covering costs? It's as simple as that. And, and we were then looking at, well, if you know you've got these struggles, actually, which ones do you want to fix? And which ones actually you're keeping yourself there because it's really comfortable. Right. And we also looked then at the personal side of it. And I want to share with you what I've gone and done. So it's less than a week since we saw each other, right? Yep. Today's yep. Tuesday. Yeah, we're with each other Wednesday went. night for dinner and then Thursday, Thursday for the Thursday event. night. So since I left you, there were three things I said that I needed to really focus on. One was growing my network and sense of community, not necessarily my own community, but going into others. And right. that's something I've really bedded down into in just a few days. Exercise and meditation. I remember saying to you, I know I need to plan this. It often is the thing I need to do. But with my book writing, the time I used to do all the other things have gone. And I know that this is not good for me long term. So oh, yes, actually, I remember you saying you were going to you were going to put it on the schedule as part of the work yes. day. So yes. it was part of you it has increasing to your personal development, but so that it could fuel the business growth. Yeah. I like that. That was cool. And yeah. what I've already done, and I'm now four days into this, is I created an accountability group with some people I don't know very well, but are on the fringes of some communities I'm in. And motivating them, making them commit to doing meditation and exercise each day. So I'm day five into it. I think that the rest of the people who come in are about day four. But that's how quick you can make some of these changes for yourself or make the decision that you are making those adjustments. The other thing for me was because I run a podcast agency, I am constantly not just listening to the end product that our clients have on Spotify and Apple, but I check in with, is the quality of the work my team are doing good enough? So I'm always listening to audio. And as a consequence of that, I'd stopped listening to podcasts and audio books that were not in my field, that are not our clients. And I really needed that. So I have committed that that has to happen. Again, That whether it's when I'm in the shower, on a dog walk for 10 minutes, doesn't matter. It has to be part of my day. And then the other thing is going live. I hadn't gone live for a long time, despite my 
My maxim being everything's possible when you get visible. Get visible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I hadn't. And part of that was because, as as you know, Chris, and as I've shared on this show before, we're transitioning over a long period from it just being me mm. to it being a brand for the business. And in that resistance, I suppose, I stopped showing up. And then it gets harder and harder to show up. And then it was like, I felt like at being at that event, I caught my own bullshit. I caught my own bullshit. And I think today was day four of going live. And it's amazing, actually, just having that. So this none of this was new knowledge to me. Mm -hmm. But having that space and that environment and that positive place to admit this is I'm struggling. And actually, this is my own fault. It's really powerful. Well, the other thing is, just so you know, the algorithm is always is is already working with you in it. Because I've been following you on Instagram since the beginning of the year, since we started working with each other. And I would see your grid posts every now and then, obviously. Um, But now, every time you're live, I see you right at the top of my feed. So you have have already become more visible Mm. just by putting your best foot forward and just making it happen. And here's the thing with live, and this is what I tell everybody. With live video, it doesn't need to be bloody perfect. It no. just needs to be done. And it's that's really, really interesting because I know that and I teach that. But as you know, Chris, and as my listeners know, I had a shocking year last year and I still feel like I'm just getting back to being me, feeling me, feeling vibrant. And part of that decision, no, it wasn't even a decision. It was laziness, really. And, and acknowledging that that is challenging. And yeah. I guess for me, because I have podcasts and I'm active in other places, I was making it okay for myself, but I wasn't I wasn't showing me. I wasn't sitting and talking about what's gone on in my day and really what I'm thinking. And talking about that, that youpreneur brand, how you become this person and people understand a little bit about who you are. I was really, really moved about the US abortion decisions uh, that happened over the weekend. And I felt that because I've got this commitment to go live, that it was important to share some of my thoughts and feelings around that. And you know what? It felt really good to be a vocal point or be a voice for people who cannot speak up about it. Yeah. You know, you get your own therapy built into doing that. Clients get to see or prospects get to see the, you know, the inside part of your inner workings and, and what makes you tick and why. And and by doing that, you are what I call, you're marketing like a magnet, right? Like you are, the people who are tuning in and listening to you, they're either going to love what you're saying, yeah. particularly with something like that, that topic, right? They're either going to yeah. love what you're saying or they're going to hate what you're saying. And if they hate what you're saying, the chances are they probably would have not made a great client anyway in the future. And so, you know, you've actually done yourself a favor just by mm-hmm. turning up and being you. And that's and that's why I always say like, and, and you know, I mean, you've you've been working with me for six months. You've now met and seen me and hung out with me in person. I have. I've what, helped you. What, in what your you see coat. on the Zoom calls, <laughs> what you see on the Zoom calls is exactly what you see in person, yeah. right? And even if you were just coming around to have a barbecue, you'd see the exact same person. So I just know there's no smoke and mirrors. I know what you see is what you get. I wear my heart on the sleeve. Mm. I call bullshit when I see it, and I see it a lot. Therefore, I call it a lot. And generally, it doesn't get me into any trouble. I, I think you just, you've got to show up and do your thing and, and be your own person. And you are the absolute perfect example of doing that because, you know, you 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 lead from a great place 
of wanting to serve and inspire and help people do great things. And you do that by doing it yourself at the exact same time. So, you know, you're, you're a true leader in the niche. And, and like everyone that's in the round table, they're all leaders in their niches. Every you know single what? one of them. Chris, I can take that flattery on my own show. Yeah, I was going to say come back again, but I'm not sure that anyone, anyone's going to get to come back three times. So you might have to work a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. okay. Sweetening me. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's see what your revenue level is at. It's yeah. like two years. Do I make the two target? years from now? Let's have a, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, one of the things I cannot actually say what I said, and nor can you, Chris. But one of the things Chris always gets us to do on his, um, whether it's a quarterly or in person, is at the end of the day, say, okay, what are the figures you're going for in six months' time? And what is, Chris has just realized, remembered what I said. So what would you do if you get this money, if you get this increase, if you hit your targets, what would be like the most amazing way to reward or treat yourself? And then converse, and they're always really exciting things, right? We'll, yes, I'm going to treat the family to this, or I'm going to go and do it. That's it. Uh, yep. <laughs> and the flat, the the downside of that, which I think is a bit of fun, but actually it I d- it gets me to think about taking it seriously. There is a consequence to us not meeting our actions. Mm. The world is yeah. not going to fall apart. People aren't going to die if I don't hit my revenue figure. But it should make me uncomfortable that I'm not growing. Yes. As long as other things in my life are okay. And everything in my business, exactly. you have to take in. So, for example, there was someone I was speaking to at the event who was really upset with themselves that last year they hadn't met the revenue target. And they kept saying, this is so bad that we didn't and how can we recover? But when you listen to their story about what had gone on for them last year, of course they didn't grow to that extent because right. their life was a shit show. And sometimes you can set these things, but you actually have to be compassionate as well. And it's all in nothing. Like business is personal. It it, it all combines. So I cannot actually say on here, but the, you then have to have a risk. Like what, what has to happen as a consequence? Mine was to do with people I would or would not see over a particular period, which uh, really does make me (laughs) laugh. When I came home and told my children what the consequence of me not working hard enough this year was, they've already started moaning about it. So that yeah, was interesting. There you go. Yeah. But some people, was, if was, you remember, there was another participant in the room that I can't remember what their reward was, but it was great. Yeah. And then I asked, I asked the, uh, I believe it was a lady and I said, uh, you know, what, what's going to be your risk? Like, what if you don't hit the target? And she said, well, I have to get up at 7am every morning for a month. <laughs> That's and I was like, that is not a good like enough a, risk. You know? That's a lie. You get up at seven o'clock in the morning to make sure that you hit your target. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is not this is not a game we're playing. Well, it kind of is a game, but it's not really a game, right? So well, maybe yeah, that, that night, really Alan. made me laugh, actually. Seven o'clock in the morning. Clearly, that lady doesn't have any children. It clearly. was the one who said, I will eat one teaspoonful of ketchup as yeah. my risk for not hitting. Really? For yeah. not hitting like that tens of thousands in revenue. Right, right. We're gonna make exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we need you. at least a bottle, a bottle via an IV or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Now yeah, it's still um, <laughs> so so then what do you think? What what do you think you see when you're hosting an event when people have those light bulb moments? What do you see as a knock-on effect from that? That's a really good question. I think what I 
what I want to achieve when I run events, particularly kind of more focused, smaller events like this one, you know, when I say I'm going to get you some breakthroughs by the end of the day, I, I'm genuine when I say that. Like I want to genuinely help people understand where they're at and why things are happening the way they are and what they can do to change a situation. And so, and I can see it. I can always tell the people in the room. I can always tell the people in the room that are there to do the work and take it seriously because they take pages and pages and pages of notes. They are present. They are listening. They are watching. They are conversing with the other attendees. You know, they're not sort of sitting on their own having lunch. And not, not that that's not okay. But what I'm saying is, I very clearly can see who's going to crush and who's not. And so the big thing for me is when I see it, when I see kind of the penny drop and people say, oh yeah, man, why have I not been doing that? There was one gentleman, Ash, who was at one table. I think the table just behind you in, in the in the venue. And we went through one particular strategy from our roadmap. And he came to me um, at the end of the day. And he said to me, uh, hey, you know that thing he told us to do just before lunch? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, well, I got like 111 replies to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't say it like that. He didn't just say, I got 111 replies, actually. It was, I've just generated 111 leads for my mm-hmm. business. And that's the mentality. At the beginning of the day, he might have seen comments or replies. But by the end of the day, he was yeah. seeing it as opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the big, you know, that one little mental shift can, I mean, it can put an extra zero on your bank balance at the end of each month. It doesn't take much. One of the things I noticed about your audience, and I, I with Chris, am not an ideal client in that I skipped his entire funnel, right? I did not get the freebie. Well, no, I bought the were, book. I did you, buy your book. Right. Yes. I did not sign up to anything. But that's okay. And I'll tell you why. Because you actually did enter the funnel. You yeah. came into the funnel because at some point, somewhere, you filled out an application to be considered for the mastermind, hmm. right? So that's part of the funnel right there. But the big difference with you compared to some other folks is that you were a hop, a skip, and a, hop, and a jump, and a springboard ahead of hmm. other people based on where they come into, the, into our particular sales cycle or marketing yeah. funnel or whatever you want to call it. So whereas other people might have done the first three or four steps, you f- you didn't need to do the first three or four steps. And you came in right here at step number five or whatever it is, and you applied for the high-end mastermind. You didn't need anything else because you were yeah. already further ahead on your journey. And that's one of the really nice things about what we do as a company is that we can we genuinely help people at the beginning, the intermediate, and the more advanced level when it comes to building and scaling a business. So I say to people, well, People say, oh, you know, I'm, I've only just getting started. I want to buy your program. Like we've got the Upener Incubator. It's $1,500. It's a one-time fee. It's the best program on the planet when it comes to building a, a business based around your brand, right? I'll stand behind that 100%. But when I hear from someone, I say, well, how much money are you already making? Well, I'm not really making anything right now. Then don't buy into the program. No, you're not ready. Why would you do that? You're not yeah. ready for it. Buy the book. It'll cost you 15 bucks, right? Listen to the podcast. It will cost you nothing but your time. Do that for a year. Get up to and the point where... And implement right, yeah. the free advice. Yeah, get up yeah. to the point where you've already got a whole bunch of stuff moving and you're making, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars a month consistently, three, four months in a row, 
then give me a message and we'll get you in and we'll we'll pour some gasoline on the fire that you've already started. And, and that's really kind of like the way that we handle it. So, you know, it's probably not the best business model for some people because we don't really make any money with people within the community until they're already doing quite well. But we want to have part of them. We, we want to play a, a genuine part in them already doing well. Because then we know that when they're presented with an opportunity in, in terms of our, our, a potential transaction taking place, they're more likely to take a positive action on that transaction rather than a negative one because of the fact that we've already built up the rapport and the trust and we've nurtured them and we've helped them and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, yeah, you might have skipped a whole bunch of the funnel, but you still entered I the still funnel. still had to go in somewhere. The, yeah. Even you, though you I was the interviewing time. you on my podcast last time. Just well, there you go. If you yeah. were a fit for me. So, Chris, you, without making you sound like you're ancient, you've been around the block in the uh, online space, haven't you? And you've been really, and I didn't fully understand this till we met for dinner, you have been in the online space before most people even knew what an online business was. Your little black book, as it were, um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody in the business, it, you know, the, the very, very successful, you know, everybody. What are your yeah, biggest takeaways much. from having watched this space evolve? Like, and maybe give some context as to when you came into it and how that happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I opened the doors to my first business in 2003. God, that makes me feel really, I was saying that out loud, actually. Um, you're not you're not much older than me so it's okay yeah 19 and a half years ago good lord so yeah and then we got really serious with it it was very much a bit of a lifestyle business consulting business Mm -hmm. i would travel half the year and then sort of not do much for another half of the year kind of thing we really started to get serious around 2007 2008 so you know i'd already had websites and email lists and all that sort of type of thing for a good while before became kind of the norm going into the 2010, 2012 and beyond sort of type period. But I mean, my first blog post was published like mid-2009, I think. First podcast was April 2010. Oh my God, So that's mad. Are... When yeah, I look that about is... that, that's, yeah. It's kind that of is crazy. insane because to put that in context, I think they've just gone on to Apple Touch. They weren't, we didn't have phones really at that point. No, no They were probably yeah. at that or, point or less we than just, 100,000 They were just podcasts. coming. Yeah. Yeah. They were just coming, the phone, the Apple phone. They just come out, I think. And so, you know, it, it was one of those things where I kind of felt, and I, I kind of just felt like I needed to do it because at the time I was living in the Philippines and my peer group in the Philippines was quite limited. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, an expat in the Philippines, you know, it's, it's relatively a safe country, but you've got to be careful in what situations you put yourself because mm-hmm. you kind of stand up like a sore thumb. And, you know, I already had this business with a couple of hundred employees and, you know, a little bit of a, should we say, quote unquote, reputation locally as an employer and all the rest of it. And so it was one of those situations that I was kind of missing conversing with other people outside of the Philippines. And that's mm-hmm. why I started blogging and, and, and actually podcasting, I started quite selfishly because I knew I was getting it. Even though I'd been building businesses for six, seven years at the time, I knew I was getting into new territory with the online space. And I knew that there were people who had already been in that territory for a certain period of time Mm -hmm. already. And so I thought, you know what? 
I'll get some free consulting and I'll stroke their egos and I'll start a podcast. And you know how I recorded my podcast for the first like year, like with my Apple earphones, you know, with the little microphone on, on, on the thing. And if I was ever wearing a collared shirt, you could hear my mic sort of banging against the collars and stuff. It was horrible, but I got into it and kind of just built it up from there. And then speaking invitations came the email list started to grow and blossom. The book offer came, you know, 2013, published 2014. That put me even further on the map. Now I'm doing keynotes, large conferences, uh, and I'm rubbing shoulders and doing dinners and getting invited Mm. to masterminds and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, I have been able to develop the right kind of relationships over the years. Some of them have been more important to me uh, from a personal standpoint. And some of them have been more important to me from a business standpoint. But either way, I'm a big believer that relationships really genuinely should be treasured. They mm. shouldn't be used. And so, you know, I'm I when I when I close a door on a relationship, generally speaking, I know I'm not going to want to walk back through it. And so uh, I rarely close doors. I do close them, but I yeah, rarely sometimes close Sometimes we've got to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I kick them shut. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's Barricade. one of those things. And so, you know, I, I, I think I'm just blessed that... Also, the other thing is this. All of the, the quote-unquote big names that I know as friends and things like that, we were all coming up at the same time, yeah. man. Like, you know, 2010 to like 2013 was a glorious time in the online business world because you know look at all of the people that are at you know we're all at the same now level some of us have obviously gone you know further along the the journey than others but ultimately they're all of friends like the people like you know Pat Flynn and Lewis Howes and Michael Hyatt and Amy Porterfield and Carrie Wilkerson and all these great 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 friends mm-hmm. mentors peers you know that I've been able to build over the years we were all coming up at the same time. So we were all scratching each other's backs and helping each other and making introductions. And that stuff is like collateral. You know what I mean? Like it means something. Mm. And I'm just a big believer that, you know, you should build the relationships for the long term. And, you know, I, I, I find out who, I find out everybody's birthdays and I always send them a birthday card. I used to do this thing where I had my, um, my postcards. I, you know, I've got these little... Mm. Chris Ducker postcards with just my logo on them. And what I used to do is I'd just bring like a handful with me every time I would go and speak at a conference. And when I met people for the first time at that conference, if I struck up a conversation with them and I thought, ah, this might be a cool person to hang out with. This might be a cool person to have on my podcast or to maybe spend some time with the next time I'm in town, if they're local, I make sure that I want to kind of take that relationship a little further than just bumping into, into somebody at the Starbucks line or something. Yeah. I would ask them as part of the conversation, oh yeah, 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 you know, what hotel are you staying at? And they'd say, oh, I'm at the Marriott or I'm at the Hyatt or, you know, whatever. And what I would do is before the conference was done, I would go to the Marriott concierge desk and I would write a postcard for them. And I would say, this person is staying at the hotel. I don't know what room number they're in, but if you could get them this quick note for me, I'd really appreciate it. And I dropped the guy 20 bucks. You are smooth, Chris. Oh, that's a smooth. It's, I'll smooth. tell you, it, it, and it works. It's added effort 
added money Stands to a certain out. degree. Mm. But the $20 tip in America is a big thing. If you drop somebody a 20, it's a good tip, mm. right? A good everyday tip. And so that would stand out. And so, you know, I'd only have to do four or five of them at every conference, 100 bucks invested, bit of time, bit of footwork running around. But I can tell you right now, there are relationships that I have right now to this day that began with something along those lines. Amazing. I actually am going to request that potentially we do a bit of a two for one because my other podcast is Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. So what I'm thinking, Chris, is I'd like to ask you a little bit about how as a personal brand, your podcast has affected your business, the highs, the lows, the do's, the don'ts, because I think that's really interesting for both both shows. So if you're listening over on Podcasting for Entrepreneurs, this is a little excerpt from when I um, hoodwinked Chris into giving an interview for this show as well as Entrepreneurs Get Visible. So, So Chris, tell us about podcasting for you. What's it all about? How does it work for you? Does it work for you? Uh, And what have been the challenges with it? Okay. Challenges, tech for me. I'm pretty old school. Uh, I'm not very good with tech. (laughs) I'm not very good with tech. I had my Rhodes, is it Rhodes Procaster? Mm -hmm. Rhodecaster? Rhodecaster Pro. I'm looking at it right now. I don't even know the name of the bloody things. That just shows you, right? I had this in a box. Oh, is this, the, is this the mixing desk the thing? Little control panel thing. Yeah, I don't the... use one. I don't use that either. Okay. Okay. So I had it uh, in a box in this office for about three months. Mm-hmm. And I didn't set it up because just it just looked incredibly intimidating. And my best buddy, Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income, very, very popular show, also had one and had had one for a while. I bought it off of his recommendation, Mm -hmm. but he was coming over with the family to come stay uh, for summer. And um, I was just like, I I don't want to even get it out of the box, dude. Like, I I just don't want to do it. He said, leave it in the box. I'll set it up when I get there. Brilliant. It took him about five minutes, Anna, to set this up. Right, it was pretty much plug and play because I've got a little bit of a bassy voice. There was a couple of things that he yeah. he kind of changed on the uh, you know on the, on the the settings on it or whatever. But basically, I'm not I'm, not, I'm scared to like You've touch any of the dials or whatever. You? Just leave it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to adjust it. Yeah. So tech has always been a bit of an issue for me, but now you know I, I don't really have to struggle with it so much because I've got a team that kind of does everything mm-hmm. for me. The way I record my shows is I hit record and then I hit stop and then I get that file and I stick it into a Dropbox folder. Where do you, uh, what software do you use? If I'm recording just a conversation mm-hmm. via Zoom, I'll just record straight into, yep. from Zoom because it's great. And I'll just dump that audio file in there. If I'm recording just a solo show, then I'll use GarageBand on my Mac. GarageBand, um, if you're from my neck of the woods. Yes. Yeah. Well, Garage, Garage, I don't know, Garage. whatever it is. They should rename it like G-Band or something like that. Anyway, I use that and I dump that file into Dropbox. And then I'll never see it again and it gets published and that's just the Beautiful. way it should be, right? So that's the tech side of things. I mean, I've been podcasting since April 2010. Like not long after podcast as a whole thing existed. Well, you know, I actually did some research into this. Pod- mm. Podcasting in America, they called it kind of, I think, I believe that they called it like audio blogging or something. Yes, so first. yeah, it was. That's what it was called. Yeah. And, you know, that had been going about six, seven years, I think, before mm. I started off. But it, was, it wasn't it was like a big thing. It was like a really small thing. And I think I even, I still feel like in 2010, it wasn't that 
big of a thing. Like not that many people had podcasts. And so if you launched one and you were like, you know, half coherent while recording <laughs> and and half valuable, you could actually build a pretty good, you know, listenership up. Nowadays, obviously, it's a lot more competitive, but, you know, it was a lot easier to kind of rank and things like that back in those days. But with that being said, I can tell you that the, the journey has been very much worth it. Podcasting for me has opened more doors of opportunities than pretty much anything else that I've done as an entrepreneur over two decades. Um, I look at like two major things. First and foremost, it's helped me build incredible relationships. Yeah not only with the people that I have on my shows, but also with the people that listen to the show. Mm-hmm. So I'll get people that come up to me at a, at a show or, you know, a book signing or something like that. And they'll be like, oh, Chris, you know, remember that story in episode 230 when you talked about being at Disneyland? And like, I literally have no recollection. Yeah, but people remember those tiny all. little bits of information. That's the thing. And, and that is, I believe, because of the length of podcasts and because they're not visual, they are almost more cerebral. Mm-hmm. And I know you can do video podcasts. I, I don't particularly watch video podcasts. No, I don't. If there is one, I will just listen to the audio version of it. And I think they're just way more cerebral. And not only that, but they're longer and they're more personal. And people are literally inserting you into their body to listen to you if they're putting earphones on. You know what I mean? mean, Yeah, let's just qualify what you mean by that. (laughs) Where the insertion is taking place. Are they inserting you in in their body? In the actual ears, folks. Sorry. Okay, kids? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like the relationships you have with your listeners are that much stronger because of that as well. The other thing is that it's enabled me to be able to share, you know, experiences and stories and know-how that I probably wouldn't share mm-hmm. via another medium because I'm a talker, more of a typer. So you're definitely going to get a better story out of me on a, sh- on a podcast than you would you say on a blog, right? And not only that, but I feel like because it's audio and because we know people are kind of almost pre-tuned into the fact that a lot of audio shows will, will run longer than say the, the you know the usual YouTube video, mm. you can kind of you don't have to cut parts of the story. You can tell it warts and all. And like I said, some of the stories I've told on my show, even though it's a business show, I've been very, very personal. I've talked about my burnout. I've talked about you know, problems with business partners. I've talked about all these different things over the years and how I was that close to selling one of my first businesses and, and you know, making a stupid amount of money and it falling through seven days before the sale was supposed to clear. Like, this is tough stuff, right? Um, the fact that we had to put our event to sleep, that was hard. That was yeah, a hard episode to record. And because I, I, again, wear my heart on my sleeve and people get used to me being like that. So therefore... I ain't going to pull back. I'm going to tell you when I'm mad. I'm going to tell you when I'm happy. And I'll also tell you when I'm sad and upset about things. I'm I'm the same. Yeah. And people like that. They want that. They want to get to know you. People want to do business with other people that they truly know. Um, And I just feel like podcasting really does offer that as an opportunity more so than any other medium. And it's also helped me get speaking gigs. It's helped me sell hundreds of thousands of books. It's helped me, you know, genuinely grow my business and my brand and I, I wouldn't be without it now. And even though I have had several different podcasts through the year, 
podcasting as a main stable part of my diet as a marketer has been there pretty much weekly since 2010, mm. pretty much. That's an astonishing amount of content. Um, yeah. And I think when people start podcasting, you'd think now, people would tune pod- out by now, but they well, don't. Well, <laughs> they don't necessarily have to listen to every single episode. But so many people start podcasts and then they have what's known as pod fade, where they do their first three very excited new podcast episodes yeah. and then don't understand why it's not grown. And what you're showing is that this is not something, this is a long term thing because you're taking your people on a journey. So, Chris, I'm going to let you go because we've been chatting for a very long time. But thank you so much for coming yes. on today. You're more than welcome. Where would be the best place for people to go and listen to you? <laughs> they can go to chrisducker.com. Uh, I wouldn't be much of a personal brand guy if I didn't have my own domain name, right? So, okay. chrisducker.com. Chris and Upreneur is your Everything podcast. over there. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, thank you guys for listening, whether you're listening, whichever show you're listening to today, um, check <laughs> in very soon on one of my shows and uh, reach out. Let me know what you thought about my conversation with Chris today. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.